finishing out this series uh, on hearing God's voice. It's been, this is our seventh week. We've been unpacking all of the things that the scripture and the word of God has to say about hearing the voice of God. It's been important to us. We've loved being able to do it. We had a chance uh, last week to hear from Don Fento on building a deep devotional life with God. If you have not heard it, you need to go back and listen to it. Absolutely podcast that. We are available. Our, our messages are available in all the places you can go get the podcast. So we want you to be able to do that. This morning, I just, let me tell you the truth. Here's the under reason why we did this series is because we're moving into a day where it's so critical to be attuned to what God is saying rather than what everyone else is saying. Because there's lots of voices going on out there. The most critical, the most important verse. If you're asking me, if there's one person I want to hear from, it's going to be the king of the universe. And so that's why we've been doing this series. And so what I wanted to do is finish this morning on the idea of hearing God in real time. So uh, one of the things that's very, almost normal uh, for us in uh, the Christian faith, if you've gotten to know the Lord or walked with people in the faith or through church, is a, a very normal experience is to ask the question, hey God, what do you want to do? We'll, we'll often pray, Lord, do you want us to take this job? Or do you want us to move to this city? Or Lord, should I marry this person? We, we tend to, that's a pretty normal thing. We would ask and pray about those kinds of things, seeking God's direction in all of those things. But what we tend to do is think, God's really into the big stuff, like should I move? But does God really speak on the micro level in our everyday lives? Could he have things to say just in a moment when I'm at the grocery store? And the belief that the scripture would attest to the fact that the Lord is speaking in these ways all the time. And I would love for us to be a people who think and listen to the voice of the Lord in the everyday moments. And something I feel challenged on even in my own walk with the Lord is, yeah, we want to ask God for the big things, but what about just every day? Because guess what? The Holy Spirit makes his home in every person that calls on the name of Jesus, which means he's with us. Dropping the kids off at school. He is with us at the pool. He is with us on vacation. He's always with us. And so what a beautiful and rich thing to be able to have. But I want us to be a people who tap into that. I love, I just want to unpack this really quick. And then I'm going to have Megan come up here because, uh, I, in fact, I, I, re- I don't know that I've known anyone in all my life who hears the voice of the Lord so well in real time. And that's just to set her up, right? But uh, Acts chapter 16, I want to go to verse 4. As they went on their way, so this is the the, uh, disciples, the apostles are now, they're going to share the gospel all over uh, in cities far beyond Jerusalem. So as they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in faith and they increased in numbers daily. Verse six, and then they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. So here's what we see. Real time, the disciples, the apostles, they're ready to go out to share the word of God. They go, we've got this word. We're ready to go into this place. And then the Holy Spirit just says real time. Nope, you're not going there. And we're not given a lot of how that's spoken. We don't even know why that's spoken. All we know is that it was critical at that moment just to hear the word of the Lord, 
to have a new directive, to think I'm going here and the Lord to say, no, I don't want you to do that. This is why I think this is critical. This is such an important moment for us to be, even as a church, asking the Lord, Lord, would you speak to us in real time? We want to uh, be ready to hear your ears. So in light of that, would you guys help me welcome up Megan Robertson? Right up here. All right, so one of the things we love to do, and I mentioned this last week, but I'll say it again. One of the things we love to do here as a church is just to do conversations. So uh, uh, Lindsay mentioned as he was sharing uh, all the things we got going on here at the church is just to say we, we love hearing testimonies. We love hearing stories of what God is doing. I think this is an important part of our faith is to hear from people and the stories that they experience in walking with the Lord. So, hey, how are you? Good to see you. We often don't see each other on Sunday morning until this moment, so there it is. How's your day? How's my day? Yeah, good? I, I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm so glad. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. honored. Bet. All right, so here's what I, uh, I know that you got to grow up in a church environment, church environment, yeah. um, but I would like to hear, you grew up in a, you know, got getting to go to church and Sunday school and all those things. But you didn't necessarily grow up with the reality of hearing from God, even in real time. Yeah. I would love to hear your journey of transition from good church-going girl to vibrant relationship with Jesus, <laughs> the Holy Spirit, listening to him and, and walking with him like moment by moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good morning, everyone, first of all. I'm so glad to be here. Aren't you so thankful for a pastor that will go there about this? I, yeah, yeah. seriously. I'm so thankful for that culture being built here because, like Keith mentioned, um, I was one of those people who was actually experiencing God as a little girl, but I didn't know it was Him. And so I feel like, um, I really believe there's a lot of people in here who've probably had that experience, whether you've identified it yet or not. Um, and so the church that I went to was, they gave me a great biblical foundation of Scripture and they taught about the authority of God. They taught about um, just what's true and what's not true. And I got a lot of that. And I really developed a love for God's word. So I very much want to honor that church. However, there was never any mention of the Holy Spirit whatsoever. Yeah. And so I, um, it wasn't until you and I got married, actually, that you used this phrase. One time you and I were talking, because you kind of watched this transformation happen in sure. me. Yeah. I was walking with God, um, but you used the phrase, you said, it's almost like I'm watching your life go from black and white to color, like um, the Wizard of Oz, like, you know, when she's in black and white the whole time, and then all of a sudden there's vibrancy. And, um, and that's what was really happening in the environment where we were um, at our church in Abilene. Yeah. And what happened for me was, my, in my personal testimony, and back in the day, I think as a child, we can all tend to be a little bit egocentric and think, oh, what's happening to me is just happening to me, and things feel so hard, and, and, and sometimes there are really hard things, and I did go through some really hard things, yeah. but what was happening was I was experiencing a lot of fear and insecurity based on my circumstances, and um, I, I was experiencing God back then. I just didn't have language for it, and when I got older and when started to get trained in what it means to actually hear God and how he's present with us in our day-to-day -day in real time, I started to look back and realize, oh my goodness, he was there the whole time filling me up with hope and filling me up with confidence and courage in moments where I desperately needed it the most. Yeah. Um, however, it didn't change the fact that I was going through some things. And for me personally, 
what happened because of my circumstances where these lies were presented and out of my circumstances and because I didn't have the knowledge or training or wisdom and discernment yet as a young girl to know, um, I'm, I'm, my circumstances are leading to me to believe that I'm alone and that I am without um, covering and that I am scared. And like, those were the things I was feeling. Um, and I didn't know what was happening, but I was having like these dreams and visions, which is one of the ways that God speaks to me. And he was breaking into my circumstances and showing me a different picture, a different like reality, a spiritual reality that didn't match up with my, my literal reality. Yeah. And so, sorry, that's a lot of information. No, you wanted me to pause there? That's <laughs> no, so good. Well, yeah. so uh, growing up in the church and mm-hmm. then, um, but there was a new thing that Lord was doing. And a lot of what, you're, what I'm hearing you say though, is what was calling you into really hearing the Lord was you were recognizing some of the circumstances you were walking through and really in need of his voice in yeah. that moment. And that's what really opened the door. Right, so I, I look back and realize I, I had this idea and I think there's been a strategy of the enemy over the church to squelch out the reality of the Holy Spirit and, and hearing, because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about prophecy. Like the Bible says, eagerly desire that you may, may prophesy. Yeah. And there's, um, that word has been, um, it's a taboo word. Yeah. And Holy Spirit has been a taboo name. Yeah. And there's been such a um, strategy to make it weird or make it um, uh, mystical. Mm-hmm. And, um, and for me, it was just, I was being infused with hope beyond my circumstances. And the Bible also says that we are orphans um, and we're slaves before we are adopted into the family of God. And so what was happening is my circumstances were saying uncovered, you know, unprovided for like fear. And God was saying covered, daughter. Like I was, because I accepted Jesus when I was eight. I didn't know really what I was doing. <laughs> but I, I look back and I realize, you know, he, he did answer that cry of my heart and he was there guiding me. And then as I got older and um, became an adult, it was in my 20s, we were having babies. I didn't realize I was, I was saved. I was walking with God. And yet I was still living with a lot of oppression. And what happened was I didn't realize that there are further steps to take when we've said yes to Jesus, there's more than that. Like there's freedom to be had yeah. that I was not living in yes. yet. And so you kind of got to watch the transformation in my young yeah. adult years of some oppression and heaviness that I was constantly like struggling with right. start to lift off me as I realized he's right here with me. Like I'm not an orphan. I'm not alone. Right. I'm not, um, I'm a daughter. Be I'm a, a daughter in, in Christ as we're called to be. That's what our true identity is. Yeah. And so so I, I think that just this hits on the, uh, a really critical point that I, I would love for our church and anyone that's willing to watch and listen to this is that salvation coming into the family of God is just the beginning. That there is so much more that God wants to unpack. And in many ways, the Lord wants to deconstruct wrong things that we have believed about him, about ourselves. And I got to watch that deconstruction process with Megan and then watch then her come in to say, no, I'm going to believe what the word of God says more than what my experience is. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing that kicked the whole thing open. For sure. So, all right. So here's what I want to ask. So I want you to just, just describe in really practical ways, the ways the Lord speaks to you in the car, because I know this happens all the time, yeah. speaks to you in the car or at the grocery store or in the waiting room at the dentist or wherever you happen to be. 
What does that look like for you and how do you respond to his voice in those moments? Okay, so the baseline of this that I wanna say before that is that my part of my testimony these days is that I, this is my standing with the Lord now. It's, it's I have intentionally just humbled myself before him and I've said, I believe you speak. I believe you are um, a father who is providing for me. I believe your spirit nurtures me. I believe you're walking uh, closer than a brother Jesus, like you're my, like walking with me as a friend. So like there's a childlike faith he's calling us to that is almost in um, defiance to some of the things the world will say, like um, a real cynical spirit or um, doubt or circumstances that make us want to agree with um um, a father who feels very um, distant or cold or absent. And so I'm in a place now in these days where I'm like, God, I reject all of that old stuff. And I actually believe that you're right here with me. And that's kind of my daily standard. Right. And, and so, um, but I also wanna say that before I even did that, God was breaking in and speaking in, in ways. And so, he can do whatever he wants to do and he'll have his way, but I've found that I hear him better by posturing myself before him that yeah. way. And so- I just wanna point oh, out, yeah. all you were doing, all, all Megan just in, a, in that moment, she's just, she's just reciting scripture. So what she's basically saying is, I'm just actually believing what the word of God is saying and that that's my foundation now right. for moving forward. So, right, okay. faith like a child, yep. letting that so. well up in me and just going, I believe you, God, like- you, your word is my standard. Your, you know, your presence is my reality. It's in my inheritance. Um, and so I think about this a lot and then I'll move into the question that you asked me. But I think about um, that moment where Jesus is about to go to the cross and it's in Luke, I think, and he's grieving over the city of Jerusalem. And, he's, and, and then the words that come out of his mouth are, peace, I leave with you, peace, uh, or something where he wants them to have peace. He's grieving because they don't have it. And I think about like how, you know, if it was my last day and I wanted to leave something with someone, like what would I choose? And he was choosing that they would have peace. That was their inheritance. And so I just know that that is my default and that's my inheritance is the father wants me to operate in peace and power and all the things that he wants to give me. So practically... Um, out of that knowing and understanding, um, if I'm out of alignment with that, I don't hear him as well. If I'm in alignment with that intentionally, for me, that starts daily. Um, I spend daily time asking for that. Um, just because I've experienced the joy of it so much, I don't want to live without it anymore. It's the new standard for me. And so um, the Bible actually says that God will speak in a lot of practical ways. Um, I wrote down 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, um, what we're talking about is, is prophecy, which I have such a passion to demystify that word because <laughs> it sounds so like prophecy, like, whoo, you know, that's for the hyper-spiritual word. And for me, it's like, no, that's what God is just offering as a gift. And that's what it is. It's a gift, not a reward. Right. Like he, it's a gift for the church. It's not because I'm in some status with him. It's like he wants to. And so First um, Corinthians 12, four through 11 says, he'll give us wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing. Um, some will be affecting miracles, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, like all this prophecy is meant to encourage the church. So for me, a lot of the ways that practically comes out is words of wisdom. 
um, or words of encouragement for people. There's a real deep desire that's welled up in me since I've been walking with God to mine for the golden people. And so like whenever I see someone, I'm going, who are they in their true identity? Not like behavior that I see or a, um, a wound that I see or a circumstance that I see, but like who are they in the Lord and how can I partner with that and call that gold up? And so oftentimes I'll just be walking and, and the Lord will just like give me this glimpse of their identity as he sees it and I'll just, it'll just well up in me and I'll just go, I'm gonna speak that over him because the chances of somebody else coming up in the store and going, hey, God told me that you, you know, are this, that, or the other. It's like, it's very, it's probably not gonna happen. And I wanna be used by God that way. Um, And probably the most common way that happens is with our kids and with you at home because that's where I am most of the time, so. Yeah, Yeah, so, uh, and and I love that. So um, what I'm hearing is, the word of God is there. And then as you come into different circumstances, whether you're in the car or you're at a, wherever you're at, you'll see something and, and it'll just be in a moment. Um, and you'll see them, you'll see the truth about what God says about someone and then often f- desire to share. Yeah, and that's just something. one way God that's can speak way, through right? a word of wisdom. And the thing yeah. that I really wanna say to all of us in this room is that the Bible says eagerly desire that you may prophesy because it's actually meant that everyone can. It's not for only some, it's not for, um, God is offering this as a gift, like I said before. So it's, but these things are coming through the person of the Holy Spirit. And and so for me, um, not understanding that the Holy Spirit was a a real person, a real third of the Trinity that I was not really like walking with was kind of level one for me to even be able to go, oh, he's gonna tell me right now whether or not to um, say this or withhold, or he's gonna help me in real time in my parenting to know, is this a moment for um, teaching and training or is this a moment for discipline? Like he's with me in every moment because he's my father. I'm not estranged from him. I've been adopted, I've been brought in. And a good father wants to teach and impart and give to their children. And so that's my status, my identity as daughter. And so that yeah. means I have, I have access to him at all times, yeah. you know? I love that. So. Uh, and just for clarity, so even just two weeks ago, we unpacked uh, a New Testament prophecy, what Megan's describing, talking about. If you want to know more about that, we did that a couple of weeks ago during this series. We unpacked 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. Just understanding this gift, and I love that you put it that way. It's a gift, not a reward. If you've often seen the gifts of the Spirit as a reward for those that deserve it, then we've misunderstood the heart of a father. And the enemy will use that as like a word of shame or rejection. He'll go, you know, well, wow, this is her testimony. I haven't heard God speak like that. And it's like, no, there may be something else blocking like there was for me all those years, that kind of heaviness and oppression from steps to freedom I needed to take with the Lord that I had not taken. Or there may be, there's a hundred things it could be. And that's where um, those moments of ministry, like at the altar come in or um, meeting with your small group leader or um, meeting with you or somebody that is, um, who can help lead you through your nuanced circumstance is really helpful. That's where we need the body. Like I needed you in those moments to just like confess what was, going on like the bondage I was experiencing because I knew with my mind that I should not be experiencing bondage anymore. I knew that because I knew scripture said, you're a daughter, but like I was still feeling this heaviness and oppression. And so for me, it took, it, I needed to confess what was going on me, um, on in me with vulnerability and honestly, honesty in a safe place. And you happen to be that person for me, but that's, 
what I pray our church can be for each other is, you know, go there and be real about the things that are inhibiting you from being able to just receive, like, you know, there's, there's a clarity and a freedom that we should, that should be our new default as the people of God. So. Well, that's actually bleeding into this next question, which I, I wanted to just say, okay, Don, last week Don said, listen, all believers hear yes. from the Lord. Whether they believe they do or not is another issue, but they are, we get, we're given that kind of access that you just described. So w- what would you say to someone who's brand new and just desiring to hear God's voice, to listen to him in real time, yeah. um, and, and how can they get started growing in that? And I think you were starting to unpack yeah. some of that. Uh, just in what you were saying just a moment ago. Yeah, I just, I'm so thankful for the benefit of having free um, freedom to come with my brokenness to safe places. So that, for me, that's been my experience is, you know, if there's something holding me back from experiencing the fullness and joy that God wants me to have, which I know from scripture, and I know because my spirit testifies, like he's such a good father, Um, A lot of it I know from being a mom to my own kids, like the things that I want for them would blow their minds if I could put it all on paper. Like the the dreams I dream for them, the hopes I have for them. And so our, our, our inheritance is way beyond what we can grasp in this earthly minute that we're in. Um, And so the thing I would say is if you're new, find somebody who like the Holy Spirit will probably bring somebody to mind can I sit down with you and pick your brain about your relationship with God? Just ask the question, humble yourself before someone who's a little bit further down the road than you are and just say, can you teach me what you know or teach me some of what you know, depending on their you know, time capacity for that time. Um, and then just know the word. I, I, um, I'm so thankful, like I said before, um, for just the foundation of studying his word. I, I'm a word nerd as it is. I love words, I love language. And so I've always been a reader and a writer and I just, I love, but I love God's word and I love the clarity and the hope and the purity of it. Um, and it's been a tremendous benefit for me in hearing God to know his character from the word. Yeah. Because if I don't know his character, then I'm going to misinterpret. I'll, I'll sometimes project um, and I'll still do this yeah. all these years later. Sometimes I'll unknowingly project human characteristics on a not human, <laughs> not weak, not frail, not um, abusive, not you know, um, distant God. He is not any of those things. Right. He's completely whole. He's completely pure. He's completely trustworthy. And so, um, yeah, just knowing, knowing the word is a, a huge step one. It's like, if you don't know the word yet, there's no shame in that. In fact, I would almost like say congratulations and welcome because it's like the greatest journey ever like to unpack and unfold and just realizing who God is for the first time. Um, I'll watch for that with our kids. Like I can't wait to see the light bulbs come on, you know. So, but I would say two practical things is study the word and get with somebody who you know is, you wanna follow, you trust Amen. them. They're um, full of the Holy Spirit. Hopefully they're just, you know, pursuing God in a way that inspires you. Yeah. And ultimately, this is what, um, you know, Lindsay was sharing about the authentic community we're trying to build. It's one of the values we have as a church is to build an authentic community. We don't want to just go to church. We want to be the church. And so creating opportunities for us to walk in relationship with each other, to see God move among us and to see God do his work of transformation. It's really important. All right. I want to do this. Um, I want to talk about dreams. Because uh, 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 this is, uh, again, we get, get into what is often seen, at least among Westerners, as mystical. But this is actually, these are gifts that the Lord gives. And in fact, Acts chapter 2 testifies and says 
And in the last days, what the Lord did, meaning as, the, as Jesus sends his Holy Spirit, that, that we're going to be, that the Lord is going to release dreams and visions among his people. It says you're old men and young men. It says women, children, the whole swath. They're going to be receiving this, meaning that the Spirit's going to release God's heart through dreams, through visions. In fact, the text I read in, uh, in Acts chapter 16, the very next verse in verse 9, uh, the Holy Spirit comes and gives Paul a vision. So he just said, don't go here. Then he gives him a vision, and then he goes into Macedonia. Vision from Macedonia. In fact, he gives him a vision of a guy from Macedonia saying, hey, would you please come here? And then all of a sudden, now Paul knows this is where the Lord's calling us to come to. So I love that. So uh, this is something, a gift that God is giving to the church. What's your experience been with dreams? Um, and what are some principles you have for discerning you know, whether or not a dream is from the Lord yeah. or it's just bad dinner uh, or, and, and just rightly interpreting what the Lord wants to release to us, um, even, you know, through dreams and visions. Yeah. Okay. okay. So the, one of the reasons you're asking me about dreams and visions is because it's one of the ways that God speaks to me. And I've learned that that's not always, uh, yes, he will pour out things. Yes. Um, and, but he'll, and so I wrote down a very short list. This is not an exhaustive list, but this is a list of the ways uh, the Bible says that we will hear from God. So I just want to list these off really quick before I go into the dreams in case somebody's Sorry. like, I don't dream. Um, I don't dream. <laughs> you've had a couple. I've had a couple. A handful yeah, of yeah. like really important yes. dreams. I'm sorry. I didn't anyway. mess up. Go ahead. Um, sorry. I'm like, I know. I remember. <laughs> um, okay. I'm so uh, the Bible says visions, God's still small voice, a way he speaks. Um, angels, the New Testament is full of testimony of angels visiting people. I don't personally have angelic visitation. I know some people who do. I wish I did. I pray for it. Holy Spirit, bring it. It's, I'm open. Um, creation uh, is a huge one for me. That's probably up there with dreams for me. Um, uh, the scriptures, obviously, knowing God's character, knowing the truth. Um, impressions is a huge one. Um, circumstances. Anyway, there's just like a long list in scripture of ways that God speaks. But for me, um, and this is part of my testimony too, again, a gift, not a reward type thing. Because I was um, younger than eight. The earliest dreams I remember were eight. And the reason I remember it so well, because um, I was... I'm, I'm a creative brain, in case you can't tell. I talk in circles a little bit because my brain's always like going all around in circles instead of straight lines. But um, he, he speaks to us in language that we understand. And so he crafted me creatively. Um, I see I'm a visual person. And so dreams and visions, I think, are just a natural way that he speaks. So I think sometimes it's just helpful to just demystify that a little bit. Just go like, oh, I, I see visually and I um, gifted visually, like I, um, I have a knack for interior design. It just kind of goes line in, hand in hand. With I do just want to say, just, as, a, as an aside, yeah. if you're going in the natural, you're, you feel you're quite creative. You can see things that other people can't see. We, every, you know, I always make fun of every house we've ever bought. It was just a junker. But Megan saw it, and I'm like, why are we doing this? And Megan's like, because I see grand vision. And I'm like, all right, I guess. All right, we'll do this. It's cheap. So, okay. So, you know, like that's, that's like a, that's the win for me. And she's going, well, I get to, so if you're just to say as a side, if you're creative, mm -hmm. if you find yourself often being able to see things, it's entirely possible that this is one of the ways that the Lord may be speaking to you. So sorry. Go no, ahead. that's okay. Yeah. And the thing I want to say about that is it's funny because in the world, our first most natural response is go, is to go like in school, in public school, they'll, they'll point out creativity. And so just the, the journey of that reverse of going, my creativity is pointing to the way I'm gifted with God. Like that was always the first thing 
you know? Yeah. Like the first thing that we always like, I don't know, we're, we're inclined toward the giftedness that we carry because it was injected into us at birth. We're inclined toward certain things early on and the world will spend so much time pouring into speaking over what's external, but oftentimes it's pointing to what's actually like going on in our spiritual world or inner world. I'm very passionate about that with our kids. Um, so dreams and visions. Okay, so the other side of that coin is that I um, am a firstborn, stubborn, hard-headed girl. <laughs> I think there's some of it where I just needed to be asleep for God to speak to me. <laughs> like, I think he was just like, just go to sleep so I can like get some words into your hard head. Um, but I, I, I do, like I've, it's just been a miraculous way God's proved his presence um, and convinced me of his power. Um, and that's the fruit of it. Um, I think you asked about how um, to know if it's from God or not. And um, I will, I've gotten so accustomed to it at this point that I'll wake up and I'll just say, like I'll either sense already that there's just power on it. Part of the most practical thing is that like my whole body will just be tensed up or filled with chills or a sense of his presence or just really still or reverent. Um, and I'll just be getting these downloads. I know we've all experienced that if you've ever had a dream. It's like you wake up and you're like, what just happened? Like that was something other than, because God is other than. Um, and then sometimes I wake up, um, as a child, I would experience a lot of nightmares yeah. and different things that would happen where I was being attacked. That was another um, way that um, somebody later kind of unveiled for me, oh, it's because you're gifted. The enemy tried to attack you in that place because it's an area of giftedness. But I'll have dreams about things that will happen years later. I mean, it's prophetic dreams that, I'll, that will, um, some, one of the ways they're helpful for us is they're almost like a, a North Star in a way of like, this is what God said and we haven't seen it yet. So let's keep waiting for what God said. And the, the word says um, about dreams that we see in part and we prophesy in part. So I never take every dream literally. Sometimes there's been some words of knowledge in my dreams that are very literal, but most of the time it's symbolic of something. And most of the time it's from my own um, edification and from my own, like he's fathering me through my dreams. He'll discipline me in my dreams. He'll correct me. He'll admonish me. He will, um, I've had a re rebukes in dreams before. I've had, but it, it all fills me, or, and most of it though is filling me up with a sense of hope and courage um, beyond what I would naturally um, walk in for myself. And the fruit of it is drawing me closer to God or helping someone else draw closer to God. And the word says, you know, you'll know the tree by its fruit. Um, Anna Grace and I were just talking about this earlier. Like if um, in a dream, you know, you see something and then you wake up and it's not gonna encourage the church the, the, or encourage a member of the church. The purpose of prophecy is to encourage and build up the church. And so I'm always filtering it through that, but mostly they're for me um, or for you or the kids in my close proximity. That's what the dreams are for. Uh, and I think this is important just because, and I, I, I jokingly said I don't dream, but I, I, I don't often, or I'll often have dreams and I don't remember them at all. Um, and so this isn't something that, uh, to, to the point that you made that um, we stake our entire lives on, but it is something that we open our hands up to and, and recognize if the word of God says this, that the Lord is gonna, will speak to his people and release this, then we, we don't ever wanna tell God no. I just, I don't ever wanna be in the business of telling God no. But just, Lord, we want to be open to what you want to do and, and see if you'll reveal something and we want to be, remain ready yeah. for what you want to do. That's me too. Like, I, I don't want to be in that place where I'm like thinking that my knowledge is greater than what the word says yes. or that my experience, I don't want to create a theology around my experiences really. Because if I had done that, then I would have been, yeah. you know, this 
I would have been just living in bondage. Yeah. I mean, if my circumstances had defined what my reality is with God, then I would still be that oppressed, heavy, you yeah. know? Like you, you saw glimpses and traces sure. of yeah, what yeah. God was building in me, but there was just a real heaviness that yeah. lifted at some point, and that's a whole different story for another sure, day. Yeah. But um, we we will tend to do that in our in our pride, really. And um, pride is always, and um, it's always evidence of a root of fear. You know, it's like there's fear, of maybe um, that orphan thinking, like I was talking about earlier, like, God, I don't really think you're there. Yeah. Um, my circumstances would agree with it. Yeah. And I don't feel like you're there. And, and so we'll create this reality in our minds, like, well, if I don't feel like God is there, he's probably not. And so all this dream talk and all this prophecy talk, it's like, okay, really? It sounds pretty weird. And I'm like, I'm okay with weird because what I've experienced is the filling of God shifting my circumstances. Like I, I, I've experienced the way that him speaking to me or speaking into a circumstance will literally shift the reality. It's like yeah. I will walk, be walking around carrying something broken and I'll get one word from the Lord and it changes everything. And then the fruit of that, like I don't wanna live without that. Yeah. I don't want to be walking around like an orphan thinker. Yeah. I, I wanna be full of just, I'm, I'm a daughter, my inheritance is peace. Um, my father is with me just like I'm with my kids, yeah. you know? And, and part of my journey too um, is, and I just say this one thing before you go to your next. You bet. Is just coming out of agreement with those times where I projected my human circumstances on the character of God. Come on. Because I... I just, I was guilty of that. Now, were some things that I went through legitimately hard? Absolutely. And what I've learned is that God is very tenderhearted toward, toward us in those, he's not going, get it together or be more holy or that's a voice of shame and rejection and that's the enemy. Yep. And our flesh will, before it's redeemed, will wanna rise up and agree with that um, reality. But God's just beckoning and inviting in a kind and loving way. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And so that repentance was something I needed to do. I needed to say, God, I haven't believed you. Um, I have been believing lies more than I believe truth. I come underneath your authority. I want you to father me. I want you to um, nurture me by your spirit. Um, I want you to walk close, more closely with me than anyone else does. I want you to be, you know, everything to me. So just prayers like that um, are the overflow now because I really mean it. It's like I've experienced him in a way that gives me life. Yeah. And I don't want to be without it. So yeah. um, just even as you're saying that, I, it feels like just this, your, this testimony that you're sharing, the, this is the most critical piece of hearing the voice of the Lord is believing his word more than we believe our circumstances or our feelings. And that if you'll have the guts or if you will, childlikeness to do this, it opens up the floodgates. And that's what I feel like I just am hearing. And I hope this is what's coming across because it's entirely possible there's a number of you in here or you guys watching online, you're going, oh my gosh, they're talking about dreams and prophecy. What the heck kind of church is this? And, and I'm just gonna be, uh, the, we're the kind of church that wants to see radical transformation in our lives and in this city. And it's only going to happen when we as a people begin to believe the word of God over our experiences or our feelings and believe that he is releasing something new in our lives, that we're meant to touch the ends of the earth with the king, uh, the power of the king. So anyway, just that's what just keeps coming up as you're t testifying to these ways in which the Lord's spoken to you, but it just comes with the agreement of the, with the word of God. So just important. All right, I'm gonna finish. Uh, we're gonna finish with this question because I think this is one thing I know we would, we'd all wanna do, which is helping 
We wanna come into an understanding of hearing God's voice. We wanna help the next generation, whether it's our kids or our grandkids. We're like, how do we help the next generation also be a people who hear God's voice? Voice. What are some principles that you have done to uh, help our, our mm-hmm. kids learn to hear God's voice in their lives? Yeah. And what would you encourage other people to be? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's another loaded question that I feel like I could talk for a whole day on yeah. because I'm so passionate about it. What happened to me was once um, God got hold of me in terms of that adoption, that spirit of adoption. Yeah. <laughs> the Bible says that um, when we, we come... Um, when we, when Jesus saves us, we receive a spirit of adoption that makes us cry out, Abba, Father. It's like our Abba cry wakes up and we're like, he's my, oh my gosh. Like I'm not walking alone. I am, I am being attended to. I'm being ministered to. I'm being loved on. I'm being provided for like, oh my goodness. And God just blows your mind with how good he is. And then that fills you up with a sense of I, if I'm experiencing this, I want my kids or those in closest proximity to me to experience that. And so what, and, and you were talking about um, God filling our church and our city with that. My, my deepest conviction is that that starts in the living room. I, I think um, God takes the small acts of obedience and genuine faith at home and he multiplies it supernaturally in a way that we never could with all of our man-made strategies. It's like he will, he will take our faithfulness with our kids and he will shoot it out like a firework and the whole world will see. Come on. And so, oh, Just get that. No, just <laughs> let that sit on you that let, let this happen in the home and believe God for the multiplicative effect that it will have, you know, outside. Multiplicative. Sorry, multiplicative. Sorry, that's a, word. a great word. I just wanted you guys to have that. <laughs> multiplicative. Multiplicative. And a vast vocabulary <laughs> that's celebrated in our home. Um, so. We, um, <laughs> multiplicative. But I, I, anyway, that's actually a really powerful principle. Yeah. Just that to be, letting that come out in our home and see the effect. Because, I mean, we, we can all, let, listen, let's be honest with what we see, what, we're, what we see happening even culturally right now. And um, it, it's often because discipleship wasn't taking place in the home. Right. And, and just, so just what you're saying is so true in terms of bringing a new generation into hearing the voice of, of the And the, prag- the pragmatic part of that is that our, our testimony at home is alive and vibrant. Like even just on the way to church this morning, Anna Grace and I were having a conversation about all of this. She knew I was gonna speak with you about this. And she was just testifying about something that's welling up in her. I'll let her share it maybe someday um, because it's her own thing that God is stirring in her. It's beautiful, but it's authentic. And it's like, (laughs) I'm hearing her testify and I'm trying to drive and trying not to like cry or swerve. You know, it's like that just all you want, your deepest desire as a parent is for them to have a revelation of his love for them because the revelation of his love for me is what's changed everything for me. And so we talk a lot about what God is doing at our house. We have a lot of deep conversations. I think our house is full of pastors and teachers, honestly. So I think we chew on the words maybe even more than what's normal a little bit. That's what Anna Grace and I were talking about. Like we go deep every day, really. Like, um, but we, you know, I want my kids to get what's in me. I, um, I, I do a prayer journal. I write in it every day because I just love to write. I don't think that's something you have to do, but for me, it's, a, um, it's something I really enjoy. It's a release for me. And so I've told my kids, it's open. Anytime you want to read it, here it is. Like everything God's doing in me, here's the prayers that I've, um, I'm praying and asking for. Here's my intercession for you. Here's the, the things I need to repent of. Like anything you want to read or ask me about, like come approach me with anything. Nothing's off 
Um, nothing's off limits. I want my testimony and my speech to glorify God in front of them. I want for my, um, my life to be something that they're going, you know, I want what she has. So just open and, and available, um, willing to put down the phone. One of my concerns, I don't wanna call it a fear because I think God is bigger, but one of my big concerns that I see in myself and I see in our culture is that like our, you know, carrying around our phone all the time, I, I get concerned. I'm like, what if my kids feel that God is distant because they felt that I was distant with them? Like, what if they, they grow up feeling like mom was engaged elsewhere? And so that's kind of how God is. Because I get the privilege of being the first picture of who he is to my kids, you and I do, in our home. And so I just, that's where being sensitive to the spirit comes into play too. Because I'm like, if I wake up and God's saying, put your phone away. If he's whispering that to me, I wanna obey. It's like, and usually when I hear that, I like um, hear it more than normal, some sort of conversation will happen that's been very intentional. Like I can just sense God's presence on it with the kids. So there's just a lot there. There's, yeah. it, there's a passion yeah. there. In, but the, the main thing is just being open with my life with yeah. them first. Yeah. I want them to know me better than anyone else you know, I want them to know that mom is transparent and vulnerable as is appropriate yeah. and as, as age appropriate with, um, with them as I can be and as uh, vulnerable and honest with them. I want them to see me struggle and then see God be bigger than my struggle. I don't, want, so I don't want them to see a picture of a perfect mom. I want them to see a picture of a mom who Jesus is perfect for her. Yeah. And so I'm just transparent with them. So good. All right. Um, we're... We're going we're gonna out of time, but this is good. You guys stand with us here. I, I just want to close out. In fact, would you just stay up here? Yeah. Um, we're going to close out um, this moment and just get a chance to pray over you. And Ben, would you just come up? Thanks. And, I, and we, we're just a couple minutes over. We're just going to finish out with a chance just to pray over uh, you on these things. And it, listen, if you came in here today and you're going like, man, what you're talking about is brand new stuff. Uh, we want to be a faithful church to walk in this together. So if you're going, I don't really understand what's, you know, what was being shared here, or it's new information, or I'm not really, this isn't my normal kind of church experience. Good. Let's do this together. That's what I just say. We want to be a church that links arms to grow in these things together. And we'd love to be able to do that with you. In fact, we'll have coffee and conversations right after this at 11 o'clock. And of course we have kids ministry and we have student ministry as well, the student groups, they're getting together. But we just wanna keep the, the thing rolling and be able to come together and start talking about it. So, because this is what it means to be a part of Jesus' church as we get to grow in these things. And I, I, I just had a sense that there's a, the voice of the enemy that would try to come and squelch and, and push this down. And I just wanted you actually to pray over us as we go just to close us out and just to pray an anointing over us to hear his voice in real time, but then for just to kind of cancel whatever the enemy might try to do. Can you do that for us? Just kind of close it, okay. It'd be my honor. Well, Father, I'm, I'm thankful that you're here, present with us. Um, Psalm 139 says, where can I go from your presence? And the Bible just is very clear that you're, you're right here available. And so I... Um, Holy Spirit, would you just come and, and open spiritual eyes to know that. Open hearts to see that and to sense that. Father, I just wanna fix my eyes on you. And I'm asking God, would you give our body of people here grace to fix our eyes on you, to glorify you in our hearts, Jesus. And, and for anyone who 
is um, here today realizing I've never, I've never humbled myself before the King. I've never asked Him to be the Lord of my life. I've never, I've never been saved. Um, I come against any shame and rejection that comes with that. And I, I just call forth the family of God. God, do what only you can do and, and be near to your people. And for those of us who have been walking with you um, for years or, or a long time and, and are sensing that part of my testimony where there's just heaviness they're carrying or burdens or things that won't seem to lift, Father, would you come and be near by your Spirit to each precious soul here that you love and adore? Would you um, awaken our Abba cry and our, our cry that says, that testifies, I'm a son or I'm a daughter and my inheritance is peace. My inheritance is the nearness of God. My inheritance is um, being able to hear the Holy Spirit and to have Jesus walking closely with me like a brother. And um, Father, we just release that over this house now, in Jesus' name. Release it over this house. And um, we do, we don't um, wanna pay much attention to the enemy, but we do come against the enemy right now. And, and just rebuke any lie or any distraction or any fear or any rejection or anything that would come against the truth of what's been spoken and, and treasured this morning. God, we treasure you in this place. We lift your name high, Jesus. We exalt you over every other name. We declare that the things that we do and think and say are meant for your glory. And they're not for the sake of our name, but for, they're for the sake of your name, God. It's what we want. It's our heart's desire in this place. In Jesus' name. Yeah.